Hello, and welcome to BCF Moment of Truth. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship, and our vision is to lead students to Christ and prepare them to become reliable men and women that God can entrust with his word for the next generation. My name is Sarah Aryi, and I will be your host. I serve in the high school department, and I'm an alumni of University of Maryland, College Park. And today we have some very special guests. We have Mr. Bo. Hey, what's going on? Um, I'm an alumni of the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I also serve in uh, BCF. I'm the assistant state rep of Maryland. And um, what else? That's it, right? I think so. That's all you do, right? I am cool. I'm done. (laughs) All right. We also have Mr. Faye Bab, okay? Hey. Hey, everybody. Um, It's Faye Bab, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, And I am from Georgia. I graduated from the University of Georgia, former president of UGA Go Dogs. And I currently serve in the discipleship department um, and just various other things, um, just as the Lord has need of me. So I'm glad to be here, Sarah. Glad to have you. And then we also, last but not least, we have our national director, Dr. Sorry, Uncle George Uday. Yeah. Um, again, like she said, I'm Uncle George. I'm the National Director of Better Campus Fellowship, an assignment which I don't take lightly. And I'm glad that I'm here to share the truth in a moment of truth. Amen. Thank you. Whoa. Glad to have you. <laughs> so today's topic is godly community. Godly community. Emphasis on unity. And so we're going to dive in um, very shortly, but I'm just going to pray really quickly. So Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for this time of discussion and breaking down the scriptures. I pray, Lord, that your truth would come forth and that it would set all of us free. Lord, may every man be a liar and may only you, O God, be true. Allow your word to renew our minds and transform us from the inside out that we may achieve perfect unity in you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So let's get right into it. So godly community. I'm going to start with the question. I'm actually going to target it at Bo. Um, Bo, what is godly community and what distinguishes a godly community from any other community? Wow. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. Right. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts 2. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts 2, right? Okay. Um, I love this scripture so much because it's really practical. You know, in Christianity, sometimes we have the tendency not to be too practical, but um, it's straight to the point. So Acts 2.42. Cool. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. So what I see there is a family. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better, I see someone Who's not? Who's who's very willing to go to McDonald's with you or Chick Fil A with you, right? Very willing to go to Chick Fil A with you. Someone who's willing to talk about doctrine with you. Someone who's willing to disagree and agree with things with you. We have all things in common. So, like I said, like I see a godly community as a family that's rooted in the biblical beliefs of Christ. Mm. You know, and one thing I do want to say is that sometimes I may I may understand the doctrine quicker than someone may understand something, you know, but we do have to be willing to sit down and love one another so that we can come to agreement, come to understanding about very pertinent and important issues. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I look at godly community. Um, I think first it's important to define the word community. Um, and Merriam Webster says that community is a unified body of individuals such as the people with common interests living in a particular area or a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger society. 
Um, and so uh, when we look at Godly community, I think, um, you know, it's a group of people that are unified um, and the common interest or the common characteristics is resembling Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, and we can also look at Second Timothy chapter two, um, verse 22, where it says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I'll say it again. It says flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So, mm-hmm. you know, righteousness, love, and peace, those are the common characteristics and the common interests that, um, you know, really defines a godly community, a group of people who are together pursuing that goal. Mm. And I like how in um, verse 22, Second Timothy, it says um, pure heart because something that is pure, it's all one thing. You know, if you think about it in like chemistry terms, like a pure solute is just that one thing. It's not divided. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, you know, that common factor is our hearts are purely in Christ. You know, we're not divided between two opinions. I think that's very important because mm. back in Acts chapter two. Um, that Bo mentioned in verse 43, it says that fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And I think that the reason why the Lord was able to move so powerfully in those times was because there was that sense of community and unity. They were all together sharing that one thing in common. Um, that was a common thing I saw between you two. Mm, yeah. And um, and I love the point that you made about um having a pure heart um, and the reference that you made to like chemistry, right? Because oftentimes when people think about pure, um, you know, they think about something being clean, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's very possible for something to be clean, but it doesn't mean that it's pure, right? Um, You know, but um, just that an an element that something is pure means that there's no mixture, you Mm -hmm. know, that it is, that it is what it is at face value. You see, because um, if you have a pure piece of gold, Right. It's more valuable than an, a gold alloy that has been mixed with other things. Mm. Right. And I think that that's why um, it's God's desire for us to have that pure heart, you know, to have that singularity, because having, you know, being pure, it gives us greater value. You know, whereas a gold alloy that has a mixture, it may have the resemblance mm. of the pure gold. But it's not actually, you know, the quality, the characteristic is not the pure gold. And I think um, where that where that what really to also ties together that godly community and what helps everybody to be pure, you know, to have the to be made of the same stuff, substance is the, um, you know, the teaching that they follow. And when you look in the book of Acts, it says it talks about how um, they continued to break bread. Mm. Right. It says they continued daily with one accord. This is uh, verse 46 of Acts chapter two. Um, actually looking at verse 42, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine in fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. You see, because and so because everybody was drawing from the same source, right, there was no chance of there being any mixture mm. amen amen yeah i think also godly community is a community where there is love i mean agape love you know god's kind of love um the, the bible says that love covers a multitude of sin 
in terms of uh, unity, we can't all be united that to a level where people are not different. Mm. You know, because they, we have new converts who don't even know how, what sin is really. Are, people are going to be operating at different levels and different categories. Some new convert just came in; they don't even know what is really sin. We have to teach them what is sin. We have to like clean them up teach them the word until they get clean, you know? Mm. And we have some people who understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have some people who are full of faith already, who are equipped to go and do miracles. Mm. So we have le- layers and layers of people in a community. Mm. So what really, really keeps a community going is love. love. Mm. You know, it said, but it's, the Bible said, by this I may know you are my disciples. John 13, so, you know, so the love of God covers a whole lot and helps us to see the potential in people as we lift them up, you know, knowing that this young person convert who is making this mess today, who doesn't understand this, that if that person is cared for with love, that that person is going to be the giant of tomorrow, the leader of tomorrow, the person who will be conducting these uh, fellowships, you know, we are talking about. Amen. Uh, so love is very important. Fellowship has been mentioned. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, uh, 425, I believe, it said, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. So hearing the same things, believing the, the be coming under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, because again, Holy Spirit is the is one who will teach us all things, right? Yeah. So if we all get drinking from the, his fountain, eventually we are going to grow into harmony in many areas of our lives. I'm not talking about different pastors now. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, because different pastors teach different doctrines, different things that can disconnect communities very easily. But if we are drinking from the Holy Spirit and we have love in our midst, honestly, love is very important to me because that's how you, 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 you look away from what people are doing, you know, and see the good in them. And then continue to partner with them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, and I also just kind of want to hone in on what you're talking about, about unity, because in a community, there are various ages and BCF in particular is special because we're interdenominational. Mm-hmm. We don't claim a denomination. So obviously there are different things that people may believe. There are different cultures or different upbringings. And so how do we address unity without causing uniformity? You know, how do we pursue unity without making the thing where everybody has to be exactly the same? You have to talk like me, walk like me, because I don't think that's what unity really is. And I think we can agree on that. So how do we pursue unity in the midst of all these differences as opposed to having uniformity? You can go ahead, Bo. Yeah, Bo. To say. yeah I do want to share this quick story. Um, yeah, when I was at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore, I actually went to a church where the pastor didn't believe in the gift of tongues without um, an interpreter there, right? And um, I went there. I was like, yo, pastor, pastor X, right? I don't really agree with what you're, with what you're saying, right? And he was like, no, this is what I believe, da, 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 da. And I showed him what I believe. And long story short, I continued to go to his church but we had a difference of opinion, you know, and the love was definitely there and the love was birthed there. But one thing I knew in my heart, I wasn't trusting in my own ability for him to be sanctified in that area. I was trusting in the Lord. I was trusting in the Holy Spirit for him to complete the work that he started in him. And I think a lot of times we want to start the work and we want to finish the work with the rebuke. We want to see that this individual is like this. And after I finish talking to them, they change, you know, but a place where love is built, a place, a place where love is, you will allow the Holy Spirit to work on the individual, even when you can't even see them changing, mm. you know, so. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the question again? Sarah? The question was, how do we achieve unity without imposing uniformity? So uniformity being everyone has to be exactly the same, you know, despite the fact that some people are coming in into the community as new converts. Some people have been saved many, many years. Some people think differently. We're on different, um, you know, stages or levels of life. But how are we still able to be united um, amongst that? Mm, yeah, um, I think uh, that the the key the key to unity um, is really the the spirit of God. Um, you know, God, God's spirit is the one is is what makes us one um, point blank period. And I'm trying to uh, remember uh, a scripture that 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 um, that that agrees to that fact, um, you know, about God's spirit, um, you know, is being the one that makes us one. Um, I believe there's a scripture in um, First Corinthians that talks about, um, you know, continuing in the unity of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in particular, um, when it comes to really seeking out that unity, um, you know, without, uh, you know, unity as opposed to uniformity, I believe, um, first Corinthians 13 tells us, um, in verse four says that love suffers long. Um, love is kind. Um, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. is not easily provokes, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things and love endures all things. And verse eight says, love never fails. Um, and to me, and in my experience, that's really been the key in, in maintaining and, you know, maintaining that unity because it's not so much about me being right and another person being wrong. Right. Um, you know, but it's really simply just about tapping into that thing that never fails, which is love. Mm. And also, yeah. as we're talking about it, I see that unity is not just um, something that we achieve and we cross it off, mm. but something that we're continually pursuing. That's good. Because um, in First Corinthians um, chapter one, verse 10, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and in thought. And then also we read earlier about, you know, pursuing this with others who are calling the Lord out of pure heart. So I think unity is something that, you know, we all should pursue actively as opposed to, okay, we're united now and we're good, but it's something that we continually pursue to keep and maintain, you know, cause we can't just say, all right, we have unity now and then celebrate, but you know, the devil <laughs> is always going to come to try and bring division in one way or another. I mean, we'll talk about that later, but um, I think from what I'm seeing with you too, is that we have to pursue it, you know, both that he went and he talked to the pastor so that he could actually pursue unity. Amen. Amen. I want to begin to, um, I want to look at unity as not just agreement, you know, being, uh, being friends. I want to look at unity beyond that. And I want to look, read this scripture. All of us will interpret this scripture together. It says um, in Ephesians chapter four, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Christ. See where unity is required. I'm not seeking for unity 
in how what we what I wear. You know, whether you wear green shirt and I wear brown shirt, <laughs> or you do your long hair and I have a short um, a short hair. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. What this scripture is talking about It's talking about unity in what. In the faith. In the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become Mm. mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness. So unity in Christ means all of us growing together towards Christ, Mm. becoming more and more like Christ in the way we talk, in the way we dress, in the way we sing, in the way we, we, we eat, in the way, you know, we are becoming, Christ is the standard, right? And we're all tending towards becoming more like him. That's what I, I'm, I'm believing that that's the only, the only opportunity we have even to talk about unity because mm-hmm. the Indian person who dresses differently, the African person who has his own type of wares, the, the Japanese, some, some places where men tie rapper, you know, and all those things, we can never attain unity, but all of them are expected to attain unity in who? Christ. In Christ Jesus. Mm. So then we will no longer be infants tossed back, tossed back and forth. So let's look at, I ask myself again, what is the scripture? What's the gospel? What is really, really the gospel? And you look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. I read from verse 1. What's the core of the gospel? What's the heart of the matter? Say now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. So what is the scripture here? What's the core of the gospel? That Christ did what? He died died for our sins. And that, again, he he was buried. And three days in the heart of the soil, in the earth, and he was raised on the third Third day. day. Mm-hmm. And if you read Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he, is risen. That he was raised from the dead, it says you will be saved. saved. So these are the, the hearts of the matter. Mm-hmm. Knowing what sin is, knowing that Jesus Christ came to excuse sin and then avoid sin. Because if Christ died for it, then he must also flee from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know That's where we find unity. That's where we find harmony. When we cannot achieve that, Sin divides people. Mm. You know, everything else falls apart. Everything falls apart. Yeah. So the common thing that brought us together is the very thing that we're seeking unity for. Yes. So Christ is what has brought us together in community, and Christ is who we're. Our knowledge of Christ is what we want to be unified in, because yeah. we all come to Christ, and some of us, of course, new converts been in the faith a long time, whatever. But what we are achieving, what we're looking towards is to come into a unity in the faith, in our knowledge of Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's from there that everything else begins to fall into place. Because when we saw it modeled in Acts chapter two, they were coming into unity in the same teachings, the same doctrines that are being preached. And from mm-hmm. there, that's why they were able to have everything in common because we are in agreement and we are pursuing the same thing with is that Christ died and was risen again for us. But and Sarah, before you go on, I think sure. the, the position of BCF is very critical. We need to explain that BCF is as an inter- interdenominational organization cannot find unity in look and in, in in appearance in in physical things. Mm. Yeah, you understand because people are going to vary 
in the way they look at things. Okay, I mean, if you grew up in a church where they say don't watch television, you know, and some you as somebody came from a church where television is you know not a problem. If we make television a topic, then we never find unity. Is that not true? It's yeah. true. Go to a church where they say don't wear pants. The other person say wear pants. You know, so we're going to always, but if we stay on the heart of this matter, which is Jesus Christ and becoming more and more conforming to the image of Christ, yeah, then all these other things will find their way to fit in into yeah. that unity. And then we can speak the same language. Otherwise, BCF is going to be in a very troubled place when people bring their denominational yeah. things at the center of there. the, yeah. Can I add something to that really quickly? Because sure. my Uncle George was talking um, just about like how we should focus on the core of the gospel. I really thought about the Pharisees and all the times they tried to trap Jesus. <laughs> they never came to Jesus and asked this man simple questions. They always asked them like the weirdest. They said there was one instance, <laughs> right? They said, if a woman, if her husband dies and I she has another one, one. she has an, I'm just like, what does this happen? Is this an everyday thing? You know, mm. but you really try to see how the enemy used these methods of of these. Okay, it's not pertinent to the core of the gospel, but he uses these things to distract us. And yes. they blow so up. So we're so we're so focused on these hot topic issues. I'm so focused on abortion, and I can't even share the gospel with my brother or my sister in Christ anymore mm. because we differ in, in uh, opinions about abortion. You know, so it's definitely a tactic from the enemy, just like how the Pharisees try to like poke stones at Jesus about the sabbath you know what i'm saying or about taxes. you know about taxes like he was like what mm-hmm. Caesar, Caesar. Caesar. yeah and you know and you know you know the way in which jesus um combated those things um and and yeah like yeah with, with the scriptures um because particularly there's a scripture that i love so much it's in psalm 19 um psalm 19 i believe it's verse 6 or verse 7 um and in psalm 19 verse 6 or verse 7 it says um that the word of the Lord is pure and that it converts the heart, right? Um, if somebody can pull that up, I'm about to pull it up real quick. Psalm 19. Um, and that that is that is really, that is the place whereby we look like Jesus. Psalm 19, verse 7 mm-hmm. says, the law of the Lord is perfect. NKJV says, converting the soul, mm. converting the soul, right? Um, and it's our, it's in our soul. It's in our heart where God desires for us to be conformed into his image because Proverbs 4 23 tells us that the heart you know to guard your heart because that is the wellspring of life from it flows all of the issues of life you know um and so oftentimes uh you know because some people might might hear what Uncle George said about um unity not being about appearance but then you know they turn mm-hmm. around and, and up. <laughs> no you're very correct exactly. they turn around and I was, they know, just wear whatever they yeah want. yeah exactly you know and and they'll be like okay you know so why 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 at this person's wedding why did Uncle George tell me that I was you know what I was wearing <laughs> yeah, no, was, no, it's because true. yeah yeah and 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 they miss the point that it's about the heart. Right. You know, and that and and that's also what Jesus was addressing with the Pharisees that, hey, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside of it is dirty. Yeah, it's filthy. You know, and this is where this is where God makes his residence. You know, it's inside of our hearts, inside of our hearts that as we become transformed in our hearts, you know, and we become conformed into his image, then those other ancillary things, you know, like they simply fall into place because what does it say? Psalm 19, verse seven, that the law of the Lord is pure, perfect. Pure. It's pure. 
and it converts the soul. And you know, I was going to follow up with that comment. I knew when I made it, and yeah. I knew what it could trigger. <laughs> but you know, but people have to come to understand that there are spirits, there are evil spirits, and these evil spirits have nothing. They work on our canal minds and canal parts. They don't. They they they. They twist everything. And there's what's called spirit of seduction, for instance, which yep. has a lot to do with how you dress. Yep. You know, um, you, it makes you, you seducing spirits will make you wear certain things so you can seduce people around you. And if people, if people that manifest it may not even know that they carry it. You know, they may be unaware. So there are other things. The gospel is a total gospel. It's a full gospel. Yeah. So people cannot take one and take the other. And in a fellowship, part of unity is staying under leadership, right? Mm. So when your leaders determine that this is what's gonna is gonna be, right? Humility and you know requires that you conform. Right? And yeah. not go into arguments. If they say, okay, we're in for you for harmony here, we're gonna cover our our right. our heads in order to worship the Lord. You don't go there to flex muzzle and say, I must come without my go to another church where they allow people to do what? To yeah. open their heads. Don't come here and be fighting and causing division because in that mm. mode, the Holy Spirit will en- meet them. They will encounter the Holy Spirit because there's no division and no misunderstandings. But once there's division, a house that is divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. stand. So this thing has to do with coming under leadership and let the leadership, the leadership led by the Holy Spirit, making mm. sure that you're all in tune and working together to get going so that the Holy Spirit can have a platform and I was going to share a scripture himself. for the exact same thing that you were saying, Uncle George, in the yeah. same Ephesians 4, um, verse 3, where it says, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Um, I think that is evidence of someone who understands um, the importance of a godly community and unity is that in all your decision making, in all your thoughts, in your interactions, you're making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You're making every effort to do so. Yeah, because it's not about us, you know? And I think sometimes when when God looks at us, I'm sure he's, uh, you know, the Bible says that he has mercy on us like a father, you know, um, his, his children. Um, because at the end of the day, right, we have an entire world that is perishing, hmm. right? We have an entire world that needs Jesus, you know, they don't need psychology. Um, they don't need a good motivational speech. Um, you know, they don't need religion. They need the actual power of God. And oftentimes when we get so caught up in these uh, in these matters of unity, um, you know, versus uniformity, we miss the entire point. Right. That is very clear for us in Scripture, like in Psalm 133 where it says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It says it is like the precious oil upon the head. And verse three says that um, for there, the Lord commands the blessing, even yes. life forevermore. Mm. Yes. Mm. That's, from, that's there. from there, from there, from the place of, of unity. unity. Yes. yes. You know, um, and sometimes like, we get so caught up in being right or being wrong that like we miss out on the fact mm-hmm. that, hey, in this place of disunity, the spirit of God is unable to it's operate. Abs- yes. And if the spirit of God is unable to operate, that means that more and more people are going to hell. Mm. You know, yeah. like more and more people are are unable to actually experience the power of God that is going to bring life to them. Mm. You know, and I think it's, it's really important that we 
you know, we got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. You know, like, and, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really so key. Otherwise, like we're just going to, uh, be majoring in, in the minor minors, things, you know? Um, yeah. Majors. And yeah, exactly. And, 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 and God, you know, what God desires, Bible says that it, that God doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways in which that is achieved is when the body of Christ lives and operates and moves in unity. Yeah. So me personally, um, I just want to be real with you guys. Like there's going to be some people listening who are going to agree with this, but there's also going to be some individuals who are in communities where they disagree or they're going through it. They're going through strife for lack of better terms, like things that are not talked about that need to be talked about within their communities in terms of those quote unquote great heirs of in terms of those personal convictions. Yeah. So we're talking about unity. We're talking about how we all need to be unified in spirit, but it kind of seems abstract. Now, Mm. what do I do? I'm in a community. Okay. They're saying to do this. I don't agree. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to humble myself or I'm in a community. I believe this. How do we practically now begin to pursue that unity? It says they ate together. Well, every time we eat together, it turns into an argument. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm. every time we fellowship, somebody's rebuking another person, somebody's arguing. What do we do to really establish that love? What do we really do to really bring back that unity where we can really Mm. walk in the power of Jesus? I would say quickly that a lot of humility is require, required of any child of God who wants to grow. Amen. Amen. A Amen. lot of a lot of what humility is required from yeah. any child of God that wants to grow. You can't always insist. In fact, it's pride to always insist on your own side of the argument. That's the reason God placed leaders mm. over us. And these leaders, if we believe that they have the Holy Spirit, and sometimes I feel bad talking like this because I'm a leader, right? <laughs> Manipulation. <laughs> Manipulation. Yes, you know, it sounds like, okay, you must obey Uncle John. But must. that's not the point. Forget about me. Because yeah. I don't. I may not be in this equation tomorrow. Mm. Yes, I mean, whether it's BCF or not, every one of us is going to make a transition and go away. And yeah. other leaders will emerge. Yeah. But if you do believe that your leaders, Paul, taught a whole lot of lessons. He taught so many things and people were following him. Yeah. Even came to a point, he said, it's not even, uh, that to marry is not good. It's better not to be, to be mm. married. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He said so many serious things. Jesus said so many, many serious things that some disciples got up and said, we're not following you again. <laughs> John yeah. 6, you know? 66. So yeah. they, they, they mm. left and Jesus said, come, you that are remaining, why don't you, you go? go? They said, where do we go now? You have the word of eternal <laughs> life. Mm. So you will know when somebody has the word of Eternal, eternal life. life. And that's why I said we must stay with the core gospel while we deal with these peripherals. Yeah. Because when you are in a place of, you become argumentative. Mm. Ask yourself, there's a spirit there. That's what yeah. Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy, do not engage in argue, arguments that, that lead to this quarrelsome lifestyle. So we must be humble. Yeah. We must recognize leadership. And sometimes when a leader says something, when Joshua said to the people of uh, Israel, they, they pray, say, put your leg inside the, inside the Jordan, you know, before it's divided. The Bible says when they were crossing Jordan, the thing was flooded. You know, we're crossing it when it's normal. It's a different ballgame. But now the, the thing is, and you're carrying the Ark of Covenant, and the man of God is saying, put your leg mm. before the thing was divided. Put your, you have to put your leg first. Today, nobody will put Lego. Many people, <laughs> many young people will say, uh-uh, you want me to drown? 
Mm. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, but Jordan, uh, uh, Joshua said, put your leg. And immediately the priest put their leg inside the Jordan. What happened? Jordan parted. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. we have to learn to listen to, humble ourselves enough to say, well, if my leader is saying that this skirt I have okay. is not a very uh, good one mm. for the first year, okay, maybe I don't have to wear it. Yeah. This book I am reading, I think is good for me. If my leader says it's not recommended, you don't have to enter into argument. Because in unity, there's blessings, right? My yeah. Holy Spirit flourishes. And then as you grow older, you begin to understand better. You begin to see why you are being told to do these things. And if your leader was making a mistake, you will also know mm. that this was a mistake that your leader made. And then you can find a way to teach it better. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I think even in addition to, you know, being subject to authority and our leaders, also being mindful of those who are weaker. I think Romans chapter 14, going into Romans chapter 15, verse one, really captures this very perfectly. You know, Paul is speaking to people who are debating about, uh, is it okay to eat meat or not eat meat? This meat was sacrificed to idols, but this one thinks it's okay. This one thinks it's not okay. But, you know, Paul, at the end of it all, his, his, the end of the, the end of the conclusion is this. If you are actually walking in love, then you will not do anything to cause somebody else to stumble. A lot of things we hear in community nowadays is that, well, if a boy is, you know, struggling because I'm wearing shorts, then he needs to go and repent or he needs to, you know, why is he dealing with lust? But if you're actually walking in love and endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, then you would actually humble yourself and say, I don't even want to be in a place where I even have the potential to, you know, intentionally cause someone else to stumble. And you can only come to that realization when you actually humble yourself. Because this message will actually offend many people. Oh, make yeah. Them very upset. Like, how, oh, yeah. how how dare you tell me what to wear? I saw, how could Sarah? I saw a pastor say, you know, my wife is going to wear what she wants to wear in Jesus' name with her breast <laughs> out. Yeah. Right? And if people Boy. are stumbling, it's their fault. But it's like, you're actually very prideful. Mm. And pride only comes before a fall. Mm. But Paul says very clearly that, you know, if you're actually walking in love, then you should bear with those who are weak, not seeking to cause them to stumble in any way. And even Jesus said, if any of you, cause these little ones to stumble. Mm. It would be better for you to have a stone tied around your neck and be cast into the sea than to cause a young one to stumble. So we should really think about that when we choose what we want to wear or we choose what we want to do or not do because we have freedom. You know, the Bible says that we have the freedom to do all things, but not all things are edifying. Not all things are expedient. Mm. So who will actually humble themselves and say, you know what? Although I have the freedom to enjoy myself in this way, I have the freedom to be, you know, to, to receive pleasure by wearing this thing or doing that thing, I'm actually going to humble myself and choose the way of love so that I can endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Yeah. Um, looking at um, Romans chapter 15. Verse number two, it says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification mm. for even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. It says even Christ did not, did not live. Himself. Yeah, he did not live to please himself. Wow. Right. Um. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't live to please himself because he understood. You know. He he understood that that the things that he does that people are you know people are going to take cues from him. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. And that's why you know that's why he was able to say. Um, in Matthew five, verse 48, right. To be holy, right. As your heavenly father is holy because he himself was walking 
um, in holiness. Um, and I think that um, that that's really the key um, when it comes to understanding personal convictions, you know, because um, and I think like 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 we've kind of clearly stated um, throughout this podcast that um, there are you know, that there will be some gray areas, you know, but as long as the gray areas are not on aspects of um, I don't want to say aspects of morality, <laughs> praise God, you know, but but the aspects of, of righteousness and, and holiness, you know, and salvation. Yeah. Those, yeah, those, those core, core those core things of the faith, you know, um, that we have to understand that the things that the things that I do inevitably, whether I like it or not, is going to affect other people. Yeah. When you look in um, Joshua, I think it's chapter seven, um, the sin of Achan. Right. Mm. Um, that yeah. that his living to please himself became a detriment to the entire community. Um, and even in First Corinthians chapter five, um, Paul says that a little leaving, right, that it, it destroys the entire lump. You know, a little leaving destroys the entire lump. I remember um, I remember one time uh, when I was uh, when I just gave my life to Christ um, and um Fala, Fala Oyelaya, um, you know, I, he's he's like my mentor. Um, and growing up, Fela, Fela Kuti was my favorite, you know, he was like one of my favorite Nigerian, um, you know, musicians. <laughs> and so um, at the time, uh, there was a there was the Fela musical and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I'd ask him because, you know, I know it's like, you know, he's Nigerian and whatnot, you know, he likes Nigerian music. I was like, hey, you know, Fela, like, uh, what do you think about this uh, Fela musical? Like, you know, like, can we go? Like, should, should we go type of thing? And Fela was like, you know, he said something that really stuck to me um, to this day. He was like, yeah, wow, there may be some, you know, like, yeah, there may be some like cultural, you know, like good, you know, aspects, historical things about Fela, you know, like that are okay. Like at the end of the day, like uh, Fela, like, sorry, Fela was, uh, you know, this guy was just wild. You know, he was, uh, he was an, an occultist, you know, and a lot of the things in his music mm -hmm. also did not glorify God. And so he said that though, even though I may not sin by going to watch the Fela musical, right? There may be somebody who, if they see me going to do this thing, is going to destroy them. Yeah. You know, and, and he said, for that reason, though I may like fellow, you know, though it may remind me of my childhood, you know, though it may do all of these things for me, though it may not. And though it may not necessarily cause me to sin, you know, though I may not be convicted about it. Right. Mm. Because I'm not living to please myself. You know, and because I also understand my position and my place as a as a person whose actions affect everybody else, you know, that I am not going to do this thing. Hey Amen. Let me just uh, quickly do this. I know your time is up. <laughs> but let me read these uh, scriptures. Uh, Philippians chapter two, verse two. Say, then make my joy complete by being like minded. Yeah. You know, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish mm. ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Wow. Value others above yourselves. Um, and I also want to read um, Galatians chapter 6. Come, we must not find unity in sin. Mm. I want to be very clear about that. We must not Ne negotiate sin. That's important. In order to have unity, um, you cannot find unity in sin. You can't put Christ and Belial or Satan together. There's no concord between what? Light and 
darkness. darkness. So we must pursue repentance mm. whenever we see sin. Say, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore Story. that person gently. gently. It's not whether sin shall be tolerated, but rather that the method of restoration should be what? Gentle. gentle, but will is it needed to settle to be settled? Yes, sin must always be what resolved. Yeah, but the approach say carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So sadly, we have to round up, but I want us all to just kind of give, you know, a closing statement, whether you have a closing scripture you want to share, just a closing message, um, maybe 45 seconds. We can start with Bo and then go around this way. So Bo, right, go ahead. cool. Uh, I think Christ was very intentional when he picked his close disciples. And he was also very intentional when he picked his 12 disciples and moving forward um, for those who, who wanted to follow him. And I think that as a body of Christ, as a community that's rooted in godly standards, we should be intentional about loving one another. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see you at Bible study. That's not enough. I'm going to hit you up. Do my FaceTime ministry. So if you're out there listening, man, go ahead and hit a, hit a brother up. Hit a sister up. See how they're doing. And pursue godliness. Pursue godliness. Amen. Faith? Um, I think um, when it comes to uh, checking the the temperature, um, you know, of a good godly community, I believe that a good godly community um, that it, it includes three components. Um, you know, the first component is that it has a, uh, you know, that you have a, a Jonathan that's there with you. And these these components are taken from the life of David, right? Um, That you have a Jonathan, uh, which is somebody who is your mate that is able to really pray with you, um, who understands the things that you're going through, you know, and is and is able to really pray with you, um, you know, encourage you and relate with you. You have a Samuel. Um, which is somebody who's able to call forth the best in you. You know, they see your gifts, they see your talents and your abilities, and they're able to really call those things forth. You know, they're able to anoint you, you know, and launch you into where God desires you to be. And most importantly, you need a Nathan, right? Which you need somebody who is there in that godly community who is going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Though that truth may hurt you, right? Um, And that person, that Nathan is sharpening you. And Proverbs 27, verse 17 tells yeah. us that iron sharpens iron, right? And if you are in a godly community and you're unable to be sharpened, that tells you what you're actually really made of. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mic drop. Uh, Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just to close on this, I want to say that um, people should evaluate them, examine themselves always. If you find yourself in a place where there is something in your life you are not willing to drop, you will rather cause a lot of trouble and disband the fellowship rather than drop something that you know is causing controversy. Then check, I mean, check the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in your life, you know, because the only thing you, we when um, in, we should be incapable of dropping is Jesus and the cross. Every other thing can go because mm-hmm. they will naturally go. So. Um, I encourage us to continue to pursue maturity in Christ. The fulfillment of the gospel is that we all become like Jesus Christ. Yes. And as we pursue that, a lot of carnal things are going to fall off. And when they start falling off, don't be angry because you're not going to go to heaven with any of the things that we are fighting about. Amen. Amen. So let's pursue Christ with our whole heart. Amen. 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 And I'm going to close with this verse, which is also going to be my prayer, which is what Jesus prayed for us also in John chapter 17, starting from verse 20. um, He says, my prayer is not for them alone. Talking about believers. My prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Um, this is a prayer that Jesus prayed not only for believers, but also for those who will eventually believe in the gospel through our message. And, you know, the, the core of it all, the heart of it all is the message of Jesus Christ, you know, so that the world can look at us, look at how we love one another, look at how we are able to be united in one another, just as Jesus Christ and the Father are in perfect unity, so that the world can look at us and see, wow, truly Christ is God, because the Christians, those who call upon his name are actually one. It seems far-fetched. It seems impossible. It seems like the norm is that there has to be division in community, but I encourage, I even charge somebody to to believe that it is actually possible to obtain unity in the faith, in the spirit, that is actually possible. And with that, I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray for your people, God. We are spread across many continents, across many nations, Lord, across many cultures. But Father, you prayed a prayer which says that you are praying, you are interceding for your people, hoping that we will become one just as you, Christ, are one with the Father. Lord, for some it may seem impossible, but God, we are of those who believe, God. Yes, Lord, I speak on behalf of myself, I speak on behalf of Bethel Campus Fellowship, that we believe that we are able to come into to a unity in the spirit that we're able to endeavor to protect the bond of peace. I pray God that you would help us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Would you encourage those who are listening, those who have been hurt by community, those who feel like they've been put down by community, those who are looking for a community, Lord, I pray, lead them to the right place, oh God. And I pray, would we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ for that is what matters. May the gospel, may the good news be at the core of our being. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you to all of our wonderful guests and thank you for tuning in to Moment of Truth. Stay tuned for future episodes. God bless you. Amen.